Chelsea. This woman is a disgrace. Hi guys, it's me, Chelsea Grace. As always, I appreciate you choosing to dedicate the next 20 minutes of your life listening to me when there's about 27 billion more productive things you could be doing. I'd like to start this podcast by telling you about two new lows I've hit uh, lately. One. I was at work and I dropped a piece of cake on the very dirty, very dusty floor and I looked at it for like a lengthy amount of time. Then I picked it up and I ate it and I'm not proud of myself and I don't want to talk about the details, but I'd honestly be lying if I said I regretted it. Also, I got my pubic hair stuck in my jean zipper, which kind of hurt both my vagina and my feelings. Something like that is pretty hard to recover from, I'll be honest. I desperately need to go on a date or like to a beach or join a gymnastics class or just go somewhere that gives me some sort of excuse to get out the old hedge clippers and give that shit a trim. I seriously need to be touched by a man. This man should probably be Edward Scissorhands, you know, so he can kill two birds with one stone, you know, while he's fingering me. Anyway, that kind of leads us into today's topic, which is insecurities. One of my top insecurities is my morning breath. I feel like I just have the most awful case of it to ever grace the earth. And I'm not sure if maybe I'm sleepwalking and eating like massive amounts of onions or garlic or human shit or something, but it's awfully horrifying and it never seems to smell the same either. There's so many different flavors of morning breath, and I'm kind of curious as to what factors contribute to what kind of gag-producing smell protrudes from your mouth in the morning. Thinking maybe super tiny, super ugly fairies fly around the world at night and use special wands to cast bad breath spells on people, like, I shall grant you horse shit breath, and like a bunch of brown fairy dust comes flying out of his wand into your mouth, coating your tongue with like a thick layer of manure-inspired potpourri. In reality, it probably has something to do with like what you ate that day or something scientific, but that's not as cool as my fairy story now, is it? <coughs> <laughs> you know what I'm joking on. <laughs> Why is this happening? I love how you just choked on nothing. <laughs> Do you ever just choke on your own saliva? All right, so, sorry about that. Uh, so some of the flavors of morning breath I both had myself and come in contact with are as follows. There's pool water breath. So this type of morning breath smells like you've either just chugged a gallon of chlorine or sucked Michael Phelps's dick for like three hours. Then you have hot vagina breath. This type of breath smells and tastes like the vagina of an obese woman who managed to go for a five-kilometer run while on her period. Then there's fart breath, which smells like when you first open a bag of chips at a party, and it smells like someone ripped a grody fart, but no one wants to say anything, and it's really awkward for about 20 to 30 seconds. Then there's sour milk breath. Smells like you mix a bowl full of eggs and vinegar together, then you left this mixture outside on a hot day, and then marinated your tongue in it for approximately 10 to 12 hours. Then, of course, there's horseshit breath, which smells like, well, like, the shit that comes out of a horse. 
So I'm not sure if I'm being overdramatic about this morning breath thing, but I feel like I either need to find a solution or overcome this insecurity quick, or I may not be able to find a suitable mate due to the fact that, you know, I'm scared to talk to him anytime before 9am. I just keep picturing terrible scenarios in my head surrounding my morning breath, and I can't seem to shake this fear. Like, here's some examples of conversations that I feel may occur between Uh, between myself and a lover if he were to experience the wrath of my fart breath so scenario one i'd be like hi and he'd be like yeah i can't see you anymore and then scenario two i'd be like hi and he's like in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost god the father commands you to leave the soul of chelsea grace and bestow your foul-smelling presence upon a soul deserving of such evil and then he'd pull out like a crucifix and a bible up from his bedside drawer and start performing like an exorcism on my mouth and it'd be really weird because i'm not religious and scenario three i'd be like hi and then he just dies like no struggle No sound, no movement. He just stops living. Like even autopsies can't determine exactly how he died. So none of these things have actually happened to me before, but I feel like they're quite realistically possible. Like I once had an adult sleepover with my at-the-time lover, and in the morning I thought I was safe from the dreaded curse of my morning breath because I couldn't taste any like diapery shit flavor or anything on my tongue. Well... Later on that day, he decides to tell me in front of my mom at my grandpa's funeral that I had terrible breath that morning, and I was mortified. How could he do this to me in such a trying time? I was vulnerable enough that day without him having to, like, tell me this, and then I had to live with the fact that I subjected the person I love most to such a putrid and game-changing smell. I mean, he had to kiss my mouth, the poor soul. I felt as if I should have broken up with him right then and there and just commit to a life of solitude where I could no longer bestow this hurt upon any people that I love. My mom thought it was hilarious and decided to present me with a bottle of mouthwash in front of my boyfriend later on that day. That bitch. So after this life-altering experience, I realized the importance of taking preventative measures to reduce the risk of fatal morning breath, you know, in case you plan on waking up next to somebody. So there's the obvious options, um, but these do come with flaws, guys. For example, um, there's gum, and I used to make sure I had my purse next to my, uh, like, the bed of whoever I ended up with that night, so my extra strength dentine ice was readily available, and I could quietly sneak my hand into my bag and grab my gum without him noticing... Um, however, it's not so discreet when you try popping the gum out of the package and it's like, like waking him up and not only him, but his two dogs and three cats who immediately sniff out the gum and crawl all over you, drawing maximum attention to the fact that you're trying to desperately cover up your stank breath. Then there's the classic, a toothbrush paired with toothpaste. Um, there are way too many negatives attached to this concept to even consider it an option. Uh, For example, what if you accidentally forget your toothbrush at his house and he thinks you're one of those crazy chicks who gets attached real fucking fast and he's thinking, damn, I slip with a dick once and next thing you know, I'm getting handcrafted his and hers towels, custom embroidered with the finest silk thread 
Also, it's really difficult to sneak out of bed and into his bathroom undetected, especially if you aren't familiar with the surroundings and you don't actually know where the bathroom is located. Operating an unfamiliar bathroom is a delicate task. Like, what if he has one of those sink tabs where you lift the handle, like, ever so slightly, and the water comes out at, like, a thousand miles per hour with the strength of a power washer, and it's shaking the pipes throughout the house, waking everybody up, and then he'd for sure know what you were doing in there. Only assuming the worst about your morning breath before you even had a chance to prevent it. Then, of course, you have mints. Okay. Depending on the packaging, mints can be very discreet and effective in the fight against morning breath. I mean, they slowly melt in your mouth, so there's minimal noise and maximum protection, which is good. Um, The only trick is making them easily accessible to you without your morning mate having knowledge of the mint's existence. Um, Sure, you could have them in your purse and have your purse next to the bed, but if you're drunk, which for me is how most adult sleepovers start... Um, then it's easy to forget to set yourself up for success. And this is why I've come up with quite possibly one of the best ideas I've ever had. And I would like to share this best idea I ever had with you because I truly feel it will help aid in the fight for world peace, bring happiness to others, and help spread love and legs. I call this idea Mint Titties, and here's how it works. So many bras these days seem to come with removable padding, which is nice because this padding can do wonders. I mean, it can really help those women who may be flatter than a warm glass of root beer or possibly sagging south a bit. So the bras with this added feature are equipped with little pockets on the inside of each cup where the padding can slide in and out. So seeing as my tits are big enough to tuck them under my armpits when they're cold, I don't really need to add any more padding. So, I use these pockets as a mint holder. A fucking mint holder, guys. Let that sink in for a minute. Fucking genius, right? I mean, you can have your mints at a moment's notice, and assessing them is easy and quiet, which is really what we're trying to go for here, right? So, this discovery has removed ample amounts of stress from my life, which... It's kind of sad, but I will always promote and defend the concept of mint titties to anyone. However, I must admit one thing to you guys. One time I ran into a slight hiccup while implementing mint titties. Um, I had a sleepover with my again at the time lover and I liked this guy so much that I was determined to hide my grossness from him for as long as I possibly could. Maybe even trapping him into marrying me. So I stuffed my secret bra pocket with some Altoids and we made some passionate love like all night long and we didn't even turn on the TV to avoid awkward silence. It was so beautiful. So in the morning we were making the bed together and as we fluffed the covers a mint went flying in the air and he picks it up and was like what the heck is this and I'm all like Oh, weird. I don't know. Looks like a button, maybe? (laughs) And after he found about four more, it was hard to pass them off as buttons, seeing as I wasn't wearing a cardigan. And even if I was, the chance of five buttons falling off at the same time was unlikely. And also the fact that buttons don't melt in your hand and smell like peppermint. 
Another one of my insecurities is my skills in the bedroom. I have really sweet bedroom skills when it comes to things like making my bed and vacuuming and stuff. But when it comes to sex, I sometimes don't come across as a very sexual, confident person. I feel like it may or may not have something to do with the fact or maybe a combination of all the facts that I once accidentally farted on a dude's dick. Like, I'm talking bare ass to bare junk. Um, It sort of accidentally slipped out while we were spooning and... It was just never acknowledged or talked about, so I obviously had no choice but to end things out of sheer awkwardness. Um, Also, I once um, was giving a guy a blowjob, and he fell asleep. Um, I like to think that I did such a good job, and it felt so relaxing that he slipped sort of into a state of tranquil ecstasy. Um, Telling myself that actually helps me sleep at night. Also, um, I once headbutted a guy in the nose during a blowjob, and he actually ended up bleeding all over both our shirts, but that's a story for another podcast. Sex for me usually ends in either an awkward handshake or like a half hug or sometimes a high five, but the kind of high five where you like almost miss each other's hands, But at the same time, the hands still kind of come into contact. So you're both not sure if you should just try it again or just leave it at that and call it a day. Uh, One of my old lovers once asked me to do like a sexy dance for him. I thought, hey, that's a great idea. Um, If ever I were to do a stand-up comedy routine, that is, uh, I feel like me trying to be sexy for an audience of one would look something like a walrus partaking in like a moderate to intermediate ropes course or like a roast beef having a seizure or something equally as unsexy. I certainly couldn't look him in the eye because, you know, that would be painfully awkward. Like I would feel actual physical pain. I'd probably end up looking at the floor the whole time, occasionally doing a left, right, center check, you know, just to score points for the eye contact. I also have an overwhelming feeling that I'd somehow end up doing like a waltz or sort of an Irish jig to relieve the awkward tension. Unless I'm fucking Lord of the Dance, then actually that would probably be really hot for him. Then you have the pressure of picking the perfect song. Man, I wouldn't even know where to start. To be honest, uh, for most of my sexual experiences, there's been like a Disney movie playing in the background, which is maybe why I'm aroused by family-friendly ballads. However, I highly doubt most men would find it hot if I took my clothes off to, like, the circle of life. Be like, Ha, Savenya, please put your clothes back on. Yes, cover up. Put it on, yeah, put it, put it back on. Put it on, put it, put it back on. And, like, I dramatically hold up a box of condoms as if I'm presenting my lion cub on Pride Rock. I'm picturing it in my head. It's really, no, yeah, it's not, it's not sexy. There was a time when I did put my insecurity aside and I did something totally out of my comfort zone. I was once seeing someone who I saw a real future with. And when I say future, I meant I could really see myself not trying to escape the next morning through a series of, you know, calculated breath holding army crawls 
tiptoeing, slow door knob turning, balcony jumping, full out barefoot sprints to my car. Like I really, really cared for this dude. And I lost a bet with him, and my punishment was I had to show up at his place the next night wearing only my underwear. (sighs) Okay. So here's the situation. As much as exposing my barely-dressed body made me want to project that I'll vomit, the thought of disappointing him felt worse. So when the big night finally came, I spent like an hour looking for a pair of underwear that met the following criteria. No skid marks, less than two visible holes, didn't make my vagina lips hang out, didn't cut off my circulation, didn't make me look like a string-tied ham, didn't cover my belly button, and preferably matched my bra with pockets so I could implement mint titties. So I found a pair that were decent enough to, you know, ignite a boner, but realized I didn't have something sexy to cover up with. I realized as far as coats went, all I had was a puffy ski jacket and like a furry vest. So I figured my best option ended up being my tattered old lady robe that looked like I sniped it from like the geriatric ward. So seeing as I live with my parents, I couldn't exactly walk out of my house in a house coat during the middle of winter. I mean... They're probably used to shit like this after living with me for 26 years, but I wasn't taking any chances. Like, yeah, dad, just going, you know, to attempt to sexually arouse my new man friend with my underpants. Don't wait up. So I packed my house coat into my bag and decided I'd find a parking lot to pull over him, you know, just so I could change before I got there. I probably should have Google mapped that shit out because I couldn't find a nearby parking lot for the life of me. So I ended up parking on like a nice residential side street nearby and I'm stripping down to my bare essentials, you know, parked in like a spot. I could imagine it was probably in front of a sweet old grandmother's home, you know, and then an ambulance, lights, sirens and all, decides to go whirling down the street and I'm thinking, great, this sweet old grandmother took one look at my goosebump braised ass and dropped dead of a heart attack. I had to get the fuck out of there. So I relocated to the next street over where I finished putting on my fucking wizard robe and gave myself a pep talk. I'm like, Charles, you got this. You're a half-decent looking lady-ish type thing. You walk in there with your tits held high and your expectations held low. You go get that D. And if worse comes to worse, just starfish it and let him do the work. Then I was on my way. Blasting the air conditioner, hands at 11 and 1, you know, giving my armpits one last blow dry before I arrived. Um, I marched up to that door, walked in, disrobed, and when he didn't throw up or faint, I marked it as a success. Way to go, Chelsea. So insecurities come in many different forms and affect people in many different ways. I guess all you really can do is just find someone who doesn't just love you in spite of them, but finds them endearing. It makes you feel like they aren't so bad or some lame shit like that. So, guys, please feel free to contact me with any of your insecurities or questions you have for me or topics you want to hear on the show or anything else. Just email me at chelseadisgrace at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, I'm here to make you feel better about yourself one Chelsea Grace problem at a time. Bye! That woman's having a period That woman's having a period I believe that woman is having a period
chips at a party and it smells like someone ripped like a grody fart but no one wants to, but no, so but no 